2: be honest, I would put myself
0: in the same category as d Now Artestas jumped over the scores table. Artestas in the stands. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. When I go to the writers to tell me who can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my own head.
2: Welcome to the Rodawire NBA podcast. It is Thursday, December 12th. Nick Whalen here with Alex Barutha. Alex, we have a lot on the slate. Today we have early all-star picks. We got about you know 20-25 games for most teams at this point, so enough of a sample to at least begin kind of thinking about how those teams are going to take shape. Throw out some hypothetical trades. Um, December 15th, which is three days from now, is when players who signed contracts this past offseason are eligible to be traded. So you know, of course, the trade front has been pretty quiet so far, and the main reason is like 60% of the league was on the move this summer. So, you know, I mean, a lot of the time we we kind of see teams wait until closer to the deadline. But I think, you know, after this weekend, some of those teams, you know, Utah team like that comes to mind as, you know, a team that's maybe been a little bit disappointing that needs to add something. Um, You know, that's when they can officially kind of start to sniff around trade. So we'll get into some of our trade ideas. Um, But last night we had 11 games on Wednesday uh, Lakers keep rolling. They're twenty-two and three. Seems like a very quiet twenty-two and three. <laughs> right. Somehow, um, the Bucks also just rolled over New Orleans at home without Giannis. This right. game was pretty much decided in the first quarter. The Bucks put up thirty-five again without Giannis. One twenty-seven, one twelve. I don't really want to talk about the Bucks side of this. I mean, it's it's impressive against any opponent to just continue rolling and look basically exactly like you have with him in the lineup. Um, but the Pelicans have now lost ten in a row uh alvin gentry as i said to james yesterday has to be the next candidate to be fired now that we've we've had one coach off the board um when you're a team that had those kind of expectations and i I don't think anyone thought they were going to be you know a team that would be solidified as a as a top four seed or anything like that but i mean even with the bottom of the west you know kind of scuffling in those seven and eight spots like new orleans is on the verge of falling completely out of it already and they've had some injuries they're missing zion uh but I mean, some of the way that they're losing is what's almost more concerning. You know, it's 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 one thing to lose these games; it's another thing to. It feels like two out of three games
1: they're they're out of it by halftime. The only the the only thing kind of saving them potentially is the fact that they've had the hardest schedule so mm-hmm. far this season. They have, um, but still, I mean, it's it's not looking good. I mean, I I said yesterday they were they're I think they're the best bad team, but even still, that doesn't mean Elvin Gentry's not going to get fired. I think the front office is going to give him a chance to coach Zion and give him a chance, you know, maybe 25 games to, like, work that out. Um, But if it's still not going well, basically by the trade deadline, then both he's a candidate to get fired and or big trades.
2: Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I agree with you that there... I don't know if they're the best bad team. Like I, I think like Memphis is playing better. I, I think they're kind of in the similar tier with like Atlanta, where they have nights where they can go for like 125 points, but they're going to allow 135 points. Right. I, I think they're maybe the best bad team in like the collection of talent is better. That's than, what I, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah like like I, I said to James yesterday, like I was surprised the Bucks. You know, they listed Giannis as having a quad injury, but I'm surprised they rested him against New Orleans as opposed to on a back to back. They have Memphis and Cleveland this weekend, and like to me. New Orleans still has, like, I mean, even the way that Brandon Ingram's playing, JJ Reddick, Derek Favors when he's healthy, like, they have Drew Holiday, of course. Like, they have at least guys that you like and have played well in the past. Whereas, you look at that Warriors roster, you know, the Warriors only have one fewer win than New Orleans, and that roster is so much worse (laughs) top to bottom. I think you could say the same thing about Cleveland. You could say the same thing about New York. Um, Yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, we'll get into the trades in a little bit, but I think New Orleans is not really a team that was on the potential seller radar you know, a few weeks ago, or certainly not coming into the season. Right. Um, but they have a lot of interesting contracts, you know, a lot of guys kind of like, you know, JJ Reddick's on a two-year deal. Um, they have all those assets from the Lakers trade that are, that are kind of sitting there and, you know, you, you do wonder what direction they're going to go in. And and even someone like Drew Holiday, who two months ago, David Griffin was saying he believes will be, you know, in the thick of the MVP race. Like all of a sudden is, is he somebody who could potentially be on
1: the move? Probably. I mean, a holiday was someone that, I think, at least in fantasy, people were willing to draft like at the beginning of the second round, Mm -hmm. just assuming that he was basically going to take over as like this team's best player. And uh, but yeah, at this point, you know, I understand they might want to keep him. He's kind of been their franchise guy. Um, I mean, he's been on the team since what twenty thirteen. But yeah, I mean he's he's turning thirty either this year or next year, and you know, I mean they. Like we like we've been saying, they, the Pelicans have the pieces to be competitive, and that's a reason to keep them around. But if you know, the reality is that they they can't um, they're just not winning on a night to night basis. They might be able to just get more for him.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Um, I, I don't think that they're going to be actively trying to sell Drew Holiday. Like I, I can't imagine David Griffin is going to be calling people, you know, trying to solicit offers for him, but. I think you're at the point where you have to listen if another team calls and, you know, do you want to get younger? I don't know. I mean, the, the thing is, I think they, they're they in that unique spot, or at least they were before the Zion injury, where they wanted to develop players like Zion and Ingram and, and Hart and Ball while also competing. And that's really, really hard to do. There have been very few teams who've been able to kind of simultaneously do those things. And now you do wonder, especially if this Zion thing, which... Is getting an unbelievably low amount of coverage, right? He was actually with the team in Milwaukee um, for unknown reasons last night. But I mean, it's getting to the point, if we make it past Christmas and we still don't really have an update, like at what point do you just say there's a good chance we're not going to see him this year? If that ends up being the case, especially, I think you have to consider, you know, maybe trying to just get even younger and you know go kind of full rebuild with whatever you can get for holiday, um, you know, assuming it's an appealing offer. Plus all those, you know, that treasure trove of picks that extends, you know, for the next six or seven years.
1: Yeah. Plus you can basically, you're going to pay Ingram a max contract. Um, he's still very young. <laughs> I see. I don't know. You ha- I think you have. To. The numbers say yes, but
2: I sort of cut you off. But at, at the same time, they're six and 19. You know, like is, is this just kind of a an argument that he's, he's just, you know, the next, the heir parent of Monte Ellis or whoever it is who
1: can, you know, give you 25 a night, but it just doesn't equate to winning? maybe but he plenty of guys who are either theoretically the second or third best player on a title team get max deals yeah. and if 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 your projection for Ingram is he he can be the third best player on a title team then the market probably just ends up pushing his value up to close to a max deal and as far as holiday is concerned like <clears throat> this is kind of proving that he probably can't be a number one option for a strong playoff team mm-hmm. and so theoretically you're not going to be too upset like having to move him to get some depth because the teams that are trading for him are, you know, they they just want a second right. guy.
2: Yeah, and I, I think the biggest point with Holiday is just he just doesn't match up age-wise. You know, I, like I said, I think the right. plan was to kind of have both where, you know, Holiday is your best player for the next 2 to 3 years and then when he's in his kind of mid 30s, the torch is handed off to Zion and and Holiday kind of goes on his way, but yeah, I, I think there's a case to be made now that you want you want all your pieces to be, like, 26 and under as opposed to 30, you know? And yeah. I think that means Holiday. I think that means Reddick. I mean, it wouldn't even be surprising if if Derek Favors, who's I was been, gonna say, yeah. Yeah, he's been away from the team for what seems like forever, if, you know, if he was on the block. Um, and part of it, too, is just having all those picks in the future. You don't necessarily need to make all of them, but... If you're you know if you're adding an extra first round pick or two you know every single year like you do have to kind of have space on the roster for that and maybe plan for that long term,
1: right? Um, yeah, because we kind of saw Boston run into the situation where they just ended up having like a ton of picks and didn't know exactly what to do with them. Right. You kind of have to like commit to. Uh, you have to consolidate your assets at right. some point, or else you have to go kind of like a Hawks route where you got the entire team, right. except for like one or two key guys, and then just keep cycling players in and out. Yep. Like, you know, and if you don't think they're going to work at all, like kind of like how the Hawks immediately dumped like Torian Prince after right. two years. They're like, maybe it'll work out, but he's not going to be quote unquote, you know, the guy or one yep. of the top three players on this team. So we just move on and, and redo it. Um, if you're not in that situation, it's hard to deal with like all the incoming picks and stuff like that.
2: Right. And I mean, the way it's looking right now, at least for the next like two or three years, you know those picks you got from the Lakers probably aren't going to be great, um, at no. least not this season's. But yeah, I think you're right about the consolidation. You know, there, there's there's no way they're going to make every single one of those first round picks and keep all those guys who are then, you know, it just kind of sets off the cycle of needing to sign them all to second contracts if you keep them. Um, but I, I think right now, like they're the team along with OKC who's kind of in a similar situation with with the assets that they got. You have all these picks, but like it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense to go you know throw four first round picks and drew holiday to the timberwolves for carl towns you know like i just don't know what right. that gets you you know like you could go trade for a superstar but you're also you know like as this year has proven out like the rest of your roster isn't really good enough to compete so i don't see them kind of consolidating right now i, I think they need to feel better about what they have around you know that hypothetical star who you trade for those picks
1: right and like they're if you're looking at their young core these are the players by sort of by minutes per game that are twenty five or under. It's Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Kenrich Williams, Jackson Hayes, Jaleel Okafor, Frank Jackson, um, and then you get like Nikhil Alexander Walker, etc. So the only guys in there that you feel like it, it's you would want to keep for certain are probably Ingram, um and some people are still going to think that's questionable. Ball is possibly still kind of up in the air as far as is he can be can he be the third best yeah. player i was going to ask you what is what is your opinion on just
2: how ball has looked this year
1: he's played 17 games um disappointed as advertised i'm a little disappointed um but he still has kind of been injured again um you know i think his shot visually looks better but i'm worried that he and not necessarily a bad thing but i think he is just going i think his destiny in the nba is kind of like a sixth man glue guy like three positions Mm -hmm. like he could he could play 28 minutes per game at like all three like the two forward and the wing spot for the rest of his career do a little bit of everything and i think Mm -hmm. it would be fine but again i I think he's he's more of a six man of the year candidate i think uh projection i i I butchered that but like i think he's more likely to win six man of the year than he is to be like third best player on a a title team
2: yeah i I think it would be too too soon to say like that ship has sailed just because once again you know when when you miss you know he played the first like eight games and then missed you know i think like seven out of nine or something like right. that he's just he's never in his entire career been able to get into <laughs> never rhythm um but i mean his last three games two points two assists four rebounds in 27 minutes at a 46 point loss six points four assists in 30 minutes six points uh six assists four steals like he's still great on on defense that's that's worth noting but there's just too many nights where he is completely offering you almost nothing. And I I think there was some thought that he would be like, he was such a good passer, you know, that he could have those kind of Rondo nights where he might only take three shots, but he's going to get you like 14 assists and, you know, really cause problems for the other defense. And he just isn't quite on that level. Like, I think he's a really good like transition passer and, you know, kind of throw ahead, stuff like that. But his half court passing is not, is not on that elite, elite tier where it offsets, you know all the negatives yeah I, I feel like we've we've seen some nights like he had four threes i think um, yeah last week which has been great but then you look at the overall percentage from three it's the exact same as last year he's taking more but he's still a 33 percent three-point shooter
1: i mean when he's when he's healthy he's played well like for his career when he when he plays you know 30 between 30 and 39 minutes he's basically averaging 12 7 and 6 with two steals and almost a block right. like that's the kind of guy so, yeah. yeah that's almost like a. Um, He's almost more like a small forward, like kind of a weird distributing small forward than like a true point guard, maybe because he can't, because he can he can do off ball cuts. He's a good athlete. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just not convinced. Like he's a guy that, as much as I like him, and I think we're both like convinced there's still a a scenario where he pans out. I you I don't think if you're the Pelicans, you can Mm -hmm. you really want to like commit hard to like keeping Lonzo Ball around um he's he's what really concerns me is the lack of free
2: throws and this is getting worse now he's in year three and his free throw rate is lower than it's ever been it's gotten lower every single year he's averaging um i mean he has 17 free throw attempts in like 484 minutes he he went like seven games in a row without even getting to the line
1: he's taken 136 free throws in his career
2: yeah he is i i wrote wrote about this a couple of weeks ago for the site but he at that time and still now has the lowest free throw rate ever for a player who's attempted at least 10 field goals per game
1: ever he is a he, he's just a perimeter player who's not shooting threes which is like the or uh, yeah who can't really shoot threes that well and is just not going to the basket and right. he's so he's just kind of ends up being like a floater or like a transition guy um which, which is a problem and like if you're if you're ben simmons size you can give away with that well oh, ben simmons attacks he's not a great free throw shooter but he still gets there yeah
2: you know like i, I can't even picture like lonzo ball finishing through contact like what does that no. even look like has, <laughs> has he ever had an and one in his career i don't know that he has um yeah elsewhere in the nba last night yeah uh, the clippers took care of the raptors in toronto Kawhi got the ring uh this was a game that got a little bit close in the third quarter but pretty much controlled throughout by the clippers which you know in, in talking to you yesterday i, I think this is kind of what everyone expected um you know when the clippers are on and when both Kawhi and pg are in the lineup they're just so tough to beat and they've, they've had a couple lapses this year but um i mean even a team like toronto that's been really really good just i mean this is a 20 point loss at home
1: yeah uh, also Lonzo ball nine career and ones um what the, yes that's insane that's way higher than i thought wow i know um yeah i mean the you know the Clippers are like you said just really good and the 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 difference I think in this game or you know what I thought would be the case in this game the Clippers are the best offensive rebounding team in the league and the Raptors are one of the best or excuse me one of the worst defensive rebounding teams in the game and when you when you're just giving up more possessions like you you know and the the, the Clippers got the same amount of shots basically as the Raptors but when when the Clippers have that level of talent compared to the Raptors, it's just you can't you you have to win the possession battle if you're the Raptors, and they just they really didn't here. And um, you know, Mark Gasol, like, he he actually had a decent game, um, but Norman Powell was just not good for them. Despite having like he he scored twenty two points, but he's minus twenty. Yeah, no and, Fred VanVleet for Toronto. Right, that's going to be a problem. I mean, they're they're thin already as it is. When Lowry was back, but he went all for seven from three um yeah
2: yeah i don't have too much else to say no. on that one i got kind of had that one going in the background let's get to Do you want to do trades or all-star first
1: uh let's let's go let's go all-stars first okay. because we can kind of be pickier with the trades then okay
2: sounds good so what I, I didn't give out too much direction for this in terms of um if you want to make picks based on who you think is deserving or who you think will get in which way did you lean
1: when making these um i tried to go with who i thought was deserving okay and um yeah i know there are some guys who are kind of borderline or games played that we'll get into yep but yeah i I think i leaned a little more
2: toward that way as well but then when it came down to spots like 10 through 12 um i kind of tried to apply the the logic that we've seen in past years where You know, I don't think this will be the case this year, but like LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, would (laughs) would always get in over guys who had better numbers just because of the, you know, the coaches are picking the reserves. Um, But go ahead and give me, give me your, we'll we'll just start with your entire East team.
1: Okay. I didn't go in like a huge particular order. It was a rough order. Um, I have Giannis, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, Trey Young, Kemba Walker, Andre Drummond, Malcolm Brogdon, Bam Adebayo, Bradley Beal pascal siakam and ben simmons and then i basically have two spots left um initially was not certain what to do with like kyle lowry or blake griffin because of mm-hmm. the games played situation and i was trying to decide between damon De sabonis Devonte graham and jalen brown and fred van Vliet. i need two of those guys in okay um that that is my east
2: yeah i think those are all fair i went Giannis butler Kemba, Embiid, Siakam, Andre Drummond, Brad Beal, Trey Young, Chris Middleton, Ben Simmons, and Bam Adebayo were my 11 that I feel pretty good about. Okay. Notice you didn't have Middleton. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Um, and then my final spot would be down to Kyle Lowry, DeMontis Sabonis, Malcolm Brogdon, Kyrie Irving, Blake Griffin, Devontae Graham, Eric Bledsoe, and Zach Levine, who the numbers are good, but you know probably not a real candidate and i i think personally i would go with brogdon i, I think the pacers sure. have played well enough to, to deserve one all-star yeah uh wouldn't be surprised you know lowry's missed a decent chunk of games but we, we've seen guys i mean Kawhi missed 16 games before the break last year curry missed 11 um those are you know better players than kyle lowry but i think you really have to be knocked out for like a month plus to truly um you know really be eliminated Kyrie, and yeah i mean Kyrie. We'll see. I, I, don't, I don't know how the fans feel about him now. Like, I guess he could, he could get enough fan votes. To, is he ever going to play again? To start, yeah. I mean, for all we know, he could just come back for the All-Star game. Um, <laughs> but, I, I, yeah, I think Brogdon or Sabonis are, are both very deserving of that 12th spot. Um, Bledsoe, you know, is kind of on the outside looking into me. But yeah. I mean, if, if Milwaukee, if they get that streak up to, like, the high 20s, I, know. I, th- I think that's really going to mean a lot. And it, it wouldn't shock me if they got three guys.
1: It, it wouldn't shock me, but I personally i would just rather have more representation for like guys yeah. doing a ton for teams even if they're not doing yeah. well like i think you know i understand bledsoe probably has a uh, you know would get more fan votes or by like a wins added perspective might get over someone like Devonte graham but i would just rather have Devonte graham in the all-star game because what yeah. he's doing is he's putting up he has a great chance, numbers unfortunately no i don't think so either even though i I, I was really trying to find a way to get him in. No, it's... Yeah, I mean, like, the East is, you
2: know, obviously inferior to the West, but there are, like, 10 guys that you feel pretty good about, right? Oh, yeah, for for sure. I want to ask you about Bam. Like, do you think... I mean, the numbers and, and people certainly who follow Fantasy are, are well aware of how good he's been, but do you think he has enough recognition around the league? And, I mean, he would be somebody who's not going to get fan voted in, but... I mean, do you think he's been been good enough to get one of those last
1: you know coach chosen spots i think the, I think the coaches would would definitely bring him in i mean he's been great like yeah. i mean for the the heat who are doing amazing i mean fifteen yeah. you know fifteen and ten with a combined two point six steals and blocks is fantastic and then awesome. you add four and a half assists, great shooting percentages mm-hmm. um really not as good from the free throw line as he has been in the past, but still like yep. He's just doing a lot for this for this Heat team. Um, I'm just afraid his numbers aren't like they don't like slap you in the face enough to get real all star yeah, recognition. But I think if you I think he deserves to be in, like just based on, you know, just yeah. wins added to a, a really good team, yeah. how much he's holding the fort down for them. I think I I want him in the all star mm-hmm. game.
2: I think it's going to be Drummond or Blake. And I think based on the games missed and, you know, I mean, Blake's been in and out since coming back. He's not playing well Drummond's just been, I mean, he's close to like the NBA all-time single season rebounds per game record, at least the modern record, the non-Wilt Chamberlain record. Right. Um, I think he's just been better than Blake and the Pistons have historically, it's been one or the other for them. Like Drummond basically stopped making the all-star team as soon as Blake arrived and they're just not a good enough team to get to. No. Um, So what, what was your rationale behind not including Middleton?
1: Um, it, it's kind of that same situation where I talked about like with Devonte Graham and I just, I just feel like there are other guys who like are doing, need recognition for what they're doing for the team. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like it would be wrong to take out Malcolm Brogdon and put in Chris Middleton. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think Middleton can, could get in, you know, between like Sabonis, Devonte Graham, Jalen Brown, Van Fleet. I just, um, I don't know. I think it was partially the game's missed or mm-hmm. i just i don't know i like he's a he's an all-star caliber player but 18 points like six rebounds three assists like it's good and he's I, playing for like one of the best teams in the league and one of the best teams potentially all time but
2: i think that's the kicker like you can't the bucks i mean the worst case scenario if everyone stays healthy is the bucks will have like five losses at the all-star break yeah. you know i mean i think I think that's enough where, like, it would just be egregious to only give them one, even if Middleton, as an individual player, hasn't had quite the seat. Like, I think Brogdon has been better than Middleton. But even last year, like, the argument was, you know, Middleton made the all-star team and, and Brogdon didn't really have a case last year. But, I mean, a lot of people who watch the Bucks closely would argue that Brogdon was the second best player. And now it's for sure Middleton, you know? So, like, that. Sure. I, I think just being the unquestioned best, second best player on A really, really, really possibly historically good team in terms of wins and losses is enough. Um, And honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if he got in over someone like Trey Young. I mean, if the Hawks only have like 11 wins, uh, we've seen, I mean, like Devin Booker, and obviously the West is deeper, but Devin Booker's been a victim of this for a long time, you know, and even there's been years where like Towns didn't make it. Right. Guys who have put up insane numbers on a bad team. Typically, don't get a lot of respect from the coaches, especially guys who don't play defense. True. So, I, I mean, numbers wise, I think Trey Young deserves it, but it really wouldn't surprise me if he's left off based on just how bad he's been on D and how bad the Hawks have been overall.
1: For sure. And I think Middleton gets a little bit of like, um, you know, he's only playing twenty eight minutes a game right. right now because the Bucks continue just to blow teams out. And it's the same argument for Bledsoe is like if you look at their per thirty six numbers, like if they had to play these minutes, mm-hmm. like Middleton's mm-hmm. averaging twenty three seven and four. Yeah. Like that's those are all star numbers.
2: Right. I mean, I would be pretty surprised if the Bucks do get three, but I think ultimately the team success is probably going to be what decides that. And, you know, how far they go on this winning streak will will probably be the ultimate decider. Uh, let's turn to
1: the Western Conference. I'll let you give me your, your full Western Conference team. So I have Doncic, Harden, Anthony Davis, Carl Towns, LeBron, Kawhi, Damian Lillard, a spot that is I have Montrez Harrell listed here, but I'm going to talk about it in a sec. Brandon Ingram, Clint Capella, Nikola Jokic, Devin Booker, and Paul George, um, and that kind of spot that's to be determined is for basically either Montrez Harrell, Rudy Gobert, or Donovan Mitchell. Um, I think the advanced numbers suggest a Harrell, or, yeah, Montrez Harrell being the more impactful player out of these three at the moment, based on just the team records and what he's doing for them. I'm just not sure that we are going to see like a six-man, high-energy guy give Vogan in the All-Star game. Even though it is L.A., he could garner a lot of fan votes that way. But um, I think the name recognition of Gobert and Mitchell, even though the team is only a few games over 500 is, is just going to do the trick there. I, I think the Jazz can definitely get one.
2: Um, although it's worth noting that they got none last year, and they've struggled. They've been uh, certainly a disappointment record-wise thus far. But I think Gobert would be the one if I had to choose between those two. You know, when you look at some of the guys who are virtual locks in the West, though, um, you know, Davis, Towns, and Jokic, to me, are all ahead of, of Gobert right now. So you do wonder, you know, when you start talking about positionality, which I don't think should matter, but, you know, they, they maybe only want so many centers on the team. Uh, I, I can't see both of them getting in, but for the most part, I do agree with your list. As far as Harrell, I have him in kind of my next guys up. Uh, very, very much deserving. I mean, I think if he... If he was playing in the East, I think he would almost be a lock for one of those final spots. But to me, I, I think the Clippers would have had to have the start that the Lakers are having and be like really, really good, dominant night to night, you know, have single digit losses to the point that you could really justify that. Right. Uh, especially for a guy who comes off the bench. I mean, I I hope he's in the mix for sixth man of the year, which he certainly will be, and possibly even most improved player with how good he's been. But um I just I think there are just too many candidates that I mean you would be we, I have a list of guys who we neither of us have on our team that are, you know, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, um, you know, I have Dwight Howard on my list, <laughs> um, you know. But I mean, I think you'd just be leaving off so many big name guys for Montrezl Harrell that it, it just there's just not much precedent for those kind of picks happening.
1: Yeah, I think Westbrook or LaMarcus Aldridge would be more likely to get right. in over Montrezl Harrell and possibly Gobert or Tom and Mitchell at this point.
2: Yeah. All right. So I have, uh, like I said, most of the same list as you. Doncic, Harden, LeBron, Davis, Towns, Lillard, Jokic, Kawhi, Paul George, Devin Booker uh, are my my top ten. And then I think I would go Gobert. I I, I think he's he's deserving. Um, and then that final spot would be down to Westbrook, Harrell, Chris Paul, Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray, Clint Capella, uh, Brandon Ingram, and i don't think this will happen but i threw john morant on there um you know i think he'll get a decent amount of the fan vote not enough to to make a real impact or like actually have a chance to start because some of those guys are so dominant but um you talk about some of the guys who've just been perennial all-stars you know we have i I can't see Lamarcus aldridge making it this year he's made it the last few years so he's out kd obviously was a western conference all-star for the last decade plus he's out clay's out curry's out uh Dirk was an all-star last year uh you know kind of the the answer to Wade on the other side and uh Russell Westbrook who neither of us have as a lock so we we do have a lot we have a lot of first-time guys and you know I think Doncic especially being a, a absolute lock as a first-timer you know as somebody who bumps bumps people off and I I do think the Suns if they can kind of keep this up and just play around 500 basketball uh Devin Booker's been good enough that as long as they're in the mix for the eight which I think they still will be you know when voting closes I I do think this is probably the year that he gets in over someone
1: like Chris Paul or Russell Westbrook. I agree, shooting the ball great. He's, he's more deserving than Mitchell, right? He's fifty forty ninety right now. Yeah, Devin Booker on twenty you know twenty five point six assists for a team that you know is has been hanging around five hundred despite a lot of injuries right. in the middle of the season. Um, and yeah, I think I think right now he's more deserving than Donovan Mitchell. I think he's a, probably a better player than Donovan Mitchell right now. Yes. Um, so if the records are even remotely close i'm talking like 8 games or something by the all-star will. break yeah then i think booker probably deserves a spot yep
2: so you you feel pretty strongly that capella is deserving
1: yeah capella's an all-star in my opinion i think i think what he and james harden do together is so dominant mm-hmm. like that it i mean i think you have to almost rope them in together He's I mean, he's he's averaging fourteen and fourteen with two blocks on like sixty five percent shooting. I for you know a, yeah. t- a top tier Western Conference team. um If the Rockets were to get two out of three, you you think they'd go
2: Harden Capella over Harden Russ? Yeah, you Westbrook's yeah. not an All Star. Yeah, but he was an, he hasn't been an All Star in like a few years, but he's always on the team. That's what I'm saying. I, like he I think this probably is the year, but numbers wise, I mean, he's still twenty three eight and eight or whatever it is. I mean, like. I don't know it's, i mean it's the his war shooting is indefensible is, it is it is but and i think it's i don't think he's going to get enough votes to to start in the west i think that's Doncic and Harden in the sure. backcourt and then probably lebron davis and Kawhi would be would be the starting five i would imagine um and that means that it's going to be a coach vote and i don't know i mean maybe this is the year the, the coaches finally don't choose westbrook because he hasn't started the game in a few years i mean yeah it's, it's kind of been curry
1: and Harden. I don't see how you can put Westbrook in over Capella. Okay, I I think if you were like listing the most valuable players on the Rockets, it would go Hargan than oh, Capella. Course. I and just think he carries name
2: recognition at a, at an event like the All Star game. Sure, I think he's more likely to be an All Star than an All NBA player. Not that that's a take, but I just think like the well,
1: that's for sure. Right? Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, we'll see. We've we've seen we've seen more grossly uh, you know All Star players, I guess, than than Russell Westbrook. Is there anyone else that I haven't mentioned who? It's kind of on your radar. Do we do we talk about Whiteside?
1: Uh, uh maybe. We have a recording issue. I don't remember <laughs> if we talked about Whiteside, but uh, Whiteside just has really good advanced numbers and uh, even though the coaches don't like him, yeah. There's there's a case for him um, in the Montrez Harrell Gobert Mitchell spot. Yeah. Um, I also looked at some of the guys you had listed. You had CP3 listed. I looked at his numbers. They just aren't that great. Yeah, that's just a respect. Yeah, it's a respect. Kind of the Westbrook
2: thing. type of thing where he's going to be in the mix.
1: And Jamal Murray was only going to get in, A, if the Nuggets were the best team in the West, essentially, yep. or if he broke out and put up you know 24 points yeah. and six assists a game, basically like Devin Booker numbers. And he, yep. he is not doing that.
2: Yeah, I don't think he has a real chance, and I think the, the other thing is the Nuggets just haven't been that good. Like he's he's kind of in that Middleton zone where he the is. team has yeah. to be really really good, especially in the West, to to actually make him a true candidate. I I, I thought about throwing Porzingis on that list, but I don't. I mean, the numbers can't. don't suggest that he's anywhere near that. No, um, I can't just do too it. many deserving candidates. So yeah, I mean that's about it. I I don't think anywhere anyone else in Phoenix. Um, you know, Jaren Fox has missed a ton of time. He's probably somebody that would have been on the watch list had he not um had he not gone down i I don't think there's anyone else in minnesota you know wiggins has kind of faded and i I think him being an all-star was probably never in the cards no i don't think so i don't think ingram gets in i know you have him on your list i I think the pelicans have just been too bad of a team i think he's kind of now like where devin booker has been the last few years where the numbers are awesome and i know he's probably been even more efficient than booker was these last few years but when your team has lost 10 straight and is 6 and 19 like i think especially as a coach vote guy there's just not going to be a lot of respect there
1: Yeah, the Ingram spot is something that I personally would not want to compromise on. But I understand, like you know, some of the guys we've been talking about getting the nod over him, Mm -hmm. mostly Mitchell and Gobert. And um, yeah, I'm I'm good with him. If you're doing
2: the who I think is deserving to be an All Star thing, I'm totally on board with Ingram. Sure. If we're doing who the league will actually pick, I I just don't see that happening. Yeah. Fantasy basketball fans, the NBA regular season is in full swing and FanDuel is offering the most exciting ways to play fantasy basketball no matter what you're looking for. FanDuel has something for everyone, tons of different contests and formats to choose from, and these contests start at just $0.25 cents per entry. All you have to do is pick a contest, choose your team, and enjoy watching your results in real time. You can play against your friends for bragging rights, or you can play against the public for millions of dollars in cash prizes. To take advantage of our special offer for new FanDuel users, sign up today at fanduel.com. That's fanduel.com slash rw you'll get a free six-month rotowire subscription with that first deposit on fanduel that'll get you access to our dfs lineup optimizers premium articles draft software everything you need to win your leagues this season just visit fanduel.com slash rw void where prohibited Let's move on to fake trades. Uh, I I said we should make three mock trades each. I went a little wild. That's uh, okay. Using using the trade machine on TradeMBA.com, which is, in my opinion, far superior to the NBA option um, or the ESPN option. Uh, I'll let you start with with your first fake deal. No real parameters on these, just deals that you think would would be semi-feasible, and I'll let you make a case for it.
1: Yeah, um, I want Bradley Beal out of Washington, and the Nuggets have too many players, so I am going to send Bradley Beal and uh, Bertans to the Nuggets in exchange for Gary Harris, Michael Porter Jr., Malik Beasley, Monte Morris, and Torrey Craig. Not sure if the Nuggets would have to send picks or if they would rather send picks. I think Uh, they would
2: have to attach a pick. I I don't
1: think first round pick somewhere.
2: Yeah, I don't think Michael Porter has shown enough, or they've let him show enough that he is like a huge weight in this deal. I mean right. Brad, Brad Beal is by far the best player in this trade.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, and and Gary Harris, he's a nice piece, but you know, the 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 you know, Harris and Porter together, you would hope that like one or those guys really pans out for you, but right. um I as much as I like Gary Harris, I'm not entirely confident that's going to happen, and Porter Jr has the the injury history, but I think in theory, this kind of structure makes sense, yes. and I think this is the kind of trade that the Nuggets should be pursuing. Like, what how, can we give these five guys up for one really good player and one guy who can kind of just like yeah. be a, a glue guy and or a knockdown three point shooter or something like that? So, this is more about the structure maybe than it is this exact trade. But I think the Nuggets need to do something with that.
2: Yeah, I think this is pretty much the ideal trade if you are Denver. I, I just I don't see Washington doing this package I, I think especially after extending beal you're they're kind of back to let's really hope john wall you know comes back strong from <laughs> two terrible injuries and he looks like he did three years ago which maybe isn't the strategy that i would take but i i just i don't think they're going to give up beal and bertans who's turned into you know and, and what's going to be probably a pretty quiet deadline in terms of stars being available like you might be one of the top five guys available. I don't think they would want to just throw him in with Beal. That's true. Um, but I think you're totally right from the Nuggets perspective that they need to consolidate. I think they've probably known that since the summer. And it's just tough because there aren't many guys like Beal. I think you, if you're consolidating, you really want to get a guy who you can say is like a 1A to Jokic, and Beal would be perfect. But yep. I, I just, yeah, I don't know if, if they'd be willing to give him up for that. But I, I like the idea. Um, I mean, is there like I think that's like way too much to give up for someone like Kevin Love. Who I think is pretty overrated. Um, yeah, because that's who you're and really talking about. It's like CJ McCollum, maybe, and like is McCollum really all that much better than
1: Gary Harris? I think, but you don't want too many ball handlers around Jokic. Yeah, like you don't. You don't. I don't know if like Jamal Murray, McCollum, and Will Barton make sense around Jokic. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of hard to like team build around him because he's such right. a unique player which is why they like obsessed with playing mason Plumlee is because he's the only you know they value him more highly than the other teams
2: so i had something similar on one of mine how okay. about basically that package i had harris jeremy grant michael porter jr for drew holiday rather than beal i i could see that um i think it's kind of a similar situation where if you're in new orleans you really have to be bowled over by a package to to deal holiday but I don't know if Denver attaches a pick or throws in Monte Morris. I think you'd at least have to think about it.
1: Yeah, I um, I don't know. It's it, it, a lot of this comes down to. I just don't know how highly teams view, honestly, Gary Harris or Michael Porter Jr. That's the problem. Is like these yeah. guys are theoretically like great trade pieces, but they have not done a ton to prove recently that you know they're worth trading for. But I I think. You know, and I also think they could get more than that for Holiday, because um, I think he's does he have a couple more years left on his deal. I think at least two, yeah, yeah. So at that point, I think you know a team is willing would be willing to give up more. I mean, they they would. I want to say they would give up Jamal Murray for Drew Holiday, but um, I think they would have to. I think they would have to give up more.
2: I think you have to factor in the Murray extension kicking in next year. I don't yeah. think New Orleans the way of the position that they're in right now probably doesn't want to take on you know like a stagnant jamal murray on that kind of money right um but yeah i mean i, I think holiday
1: like we said earlier is, is certainly going to be a name who who comes up in a lot of these what is your next one uh, i have another beale trade but i think this kind of is the same situation as the last one where i don't know if this is enough for the the wizards i have beale going to the suns for Ubre bridges and cam johnson i i like i think they can probably get more than that for beal but at, i just I, I really want a, a way for beal and booker to get on the same team
2: very similar players now F-
1: similar but it would be it would be like the it'd be like a different version of that's uh, like a souped up version of lillard and right. cj or at least a more balanced like or version. bigger version too yeah
2: that's a bigger thing um yeah i mean I, I guess i kind of feel the same way about this one where like Washington traded Kelly Ubrey last year and now <laughs> yeah. he's headlining a trade for your yes, best player. Like, <laughs> back. You're just selling him back to him at a higher price. <laughs> um so I don't I don't love that, but I, I like the the Ubre Bridges Johnson is kind of a similar package to, you know, like Harris, Porter, Beasley. It like kind of a I don't think the Suns are maybe as actively looking to deal or consolidate in the same way that Denver is, but I think you could get like whatever the next tier down is from Bradley Beale, that's the type of player yeah. I think you could get for that. So I don't know. I mean, in your mind, do you think the Suns make some kind of move like that? I, I think they would prefer to keep Ubre unless you're really getting an upgrade. Um, I think they want Ubre, but I just don't like. W- like, is Ubre to me like Oubre is just as valuable, if not more valuable, than Kevin Love? You know, and like, what player is between
1: Kevin Love and Brad Beal? They also didn't really, they didn't really commit to him. Like, they they signed him to yeah. a two-year, thirty million million dollar deal. So who knows what they actually think about him they also signed him to a decreasing contract yeah. as far as money goes that's turned out pretty
2: well though i mean cuz he really wasn't very good before he got to phoenix midway through last year
1: right but the question is if he, uh, is he going to be if he stays this good or gets a little bit better are you going to be willing to pay him the price you're going to have to pay to keep him do you think he's uh, the yeah. right kind of guy i maybe sell high on him yeah i think he is a sell high candidate okay. like in in real life um yeah it, that's fair yeah
2: okay i have i'll run through a few um drew holiday scenarios that i put together so justice winslow myers leonard kendrick nunn for drew holiday
1: that's interesting um you can also
2: throw in a pick if you're miami
1: or hero or hero i have that as well uh winslow and nunn the winslow non-hero combination is really enticing
2: I think if you get them to include Hero, then New Orleans throws back at least one of those future Laker picks, maybe two future Laker picks. If you're yeah, Hero, because I I think Hero is he shouldn't be untouchable, but I think to Miami he's pretty close. Right, and one of those three guys should
1: really pan out. You would right. hope, and None to is basically making the minimum the next two years. Yeah, I'm I'm now envisioning this super strange Pelicans team with like Lonzo Ball, Winslow Ingram, and Zion. It's very strange i'd yeah. love to see Zero it though it's just kind of the new reddick <laughs> yeah exactly um no i actually I, I do really like that trade and like having you get like a backcourt of drew holiday and jimmy butler that's yep. that's pretty nasty okay what about this one holiday to milwaukee
2: for mm-hmm. eric bledsoe robin lopez dante Divincenzo, and a protected pick perhaps the indiana pick i guess it depends how much they love Divincenzo.
1: Yeah, I mean, Divincenzo. I think last time I checked, he had like the fourth best steal rate in the NBA.
2: Oh yeah, James and I were going off on him yesterday. Okay. He's been awesome.
1: Yeah, he's been incredible. Um, I don't know why. I I don't know if the Pelicans want Bledsoe right. at all, and I think they would have to send him to a third team, and I think that third team would like have to give the Pelicans something back. I don't think yep. basically. I, I don't think Divincenzo and the Indiana pick is enough okay. for Holiday. I think that's totally fair. I think that's
2: correct. I think if they were set on dealing holiday, they could definitely do better. Um, and I, I think the other thing for Milwaukee is like, how big is the gap between holiday and blood? I think I would certainly rather have holiday, but is it worth disrupting the chemistry that you built? You know, you built this regular season juggernaut and like, you know, are you, are you really willing to give that up for what's at the end of the day, you know, an upgrade, but not a massive, massive upgrade, you know, like going from like blood to Beal would be huge, but I feel like Holiday is still like a step a step below Brad
1: Beal. Those Bledsoe playoff minutes know, are insane. a strong concern.
2: I know, and I think just the size of Holiday, the defense. I mean, Bledsoe's an All NBA defender, but I think having somebody who's six four as opposed to six one, you know, is a difference maker. I agree. Okay, I also had Holiday to Denver for Harris, Grant, Porter Jr. Like we said, uh, and then my last Pelicans trade was JJ Redick, who I think is going to be extremely available um yeah. he, he does have a two-year deal you know he's kind of it kind of seems like he's been this expiring option the last few years but I think there will be like 10 teams that will be g- going to be interested in him I, I think he'll probably want to shake loose I think Toronto and Dallas are two pretty interesting ones and if I'm the Mavs I would do the Courtney Lee expiring plus the first round pick for J.J. Redick why not Is that, <laughs> that's that seems fair right I mean, yeah I mean the he's, picks he's old you have to pay him next year you know I, I think you're the Pels, you're just you know you you'll take the 24th pick or whatever that is
1: yeah and i think reddick probably still has another at least year in him the right. way i mean the way he's playing right now reddick could actually play for another like three years oh, not yeah. necessarily at like this level right but and it, it kind of depends you know when he's ready to retire but yeah i think i think that that kind of trade makes sense
2: right and he's he's making a decent amount of money so i think that's why you know courtney lee is not gonna you know he's probably somebody that is just inactive the rest of the year for new orleans but i think for them it's just not paying reddick i think it's 13 mil next year is kind of the incentive there
1: yeah i mean Doncic and reddick that combination would be right
2: i mean tim hardaway jr has been playing well but <laughs> i'm serious i know <laughs> no, i know i know i agree I with really you say that with a straight face myself <laughs> but i think they still need another because like like J.J. Barea is still playing minutes uh like Seth Curry hasn't been that good J- they seem to have kind of soured on Jalen Brunson like, yeah I mean you know Dorian Finney-Smith is, is a really nice not even I would just D I was gonna say three and D but basically just D yeah um I think they could still use one more shooter and and Redick would be a great fit uh, I have a couple of D'Angelo Russell trades for you I like it D'Angelo Russell to Minnesota for Robert Covington Jarrett Culver Travion Graham And this year's first round pick. So this this is one of those trades that like it makes too much sense. Minnesota really wants him, probably values him more than any other team. I think for the Warriors it's it's almost a underwhelming return because you you are trading a guy who's an all star and like true or not has like huge name recognition, you know, Mm -hmm. even if he maybe is a little overrated as like an actual winning player. So to trade him for basically like three bit pieces, I think would seem kind of odd, but Robert Cummington on the wing for a healthy Warriors yep. team next year would be incredible. And I think if you're the Warriors, you'd feel pretty good about being able to develop Culver and Graham. And then, you know, it, whether you need to even include that first-round pick, I guess, is something you can quibble about because yeah. of the money involved with Russell. But, you know, if you're, if you're the T-Wolves and you're kind of desperate, I, I think including a first and maybe protecting it is not unreasonable.
1: You got to do whatever you can to keep Towns happy. Right uh, At this point, you need to kind of, you know, they're in a weird spot where they should be competitive, given the fact that Carl Anthony Towns is an amazing player. You don't want to enter a full rebuild, even though you have Towns under contract, because you can you even lose... I mean, can you even win fewer than 30 games when Towns is around? Right. And, you know, so you want to... I think, I think it makes sense age-wise. I think this is a trade that basically should happen. Um, and yep. if the Warriors trade Russell soon enough, it'll just seem like a weird fever dream.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, another Russell deal. Russell to Orlando
2: for... Aaron Gordon, the DJ Augustine expiring, Mo Bamba, and a
1: first-round pick. This one is interesting. I think um, Draymond and Aaron Gordon on the court at the same time would be weird, but fun? I, th-
2: I think it weird would just way? be like an experiment almost for Golden y- State. Yeah. yeah like, can we turn this 25-year-old insane <laughs> athlete who's shown flashes... You know, can we make him
1: what everyone thinks he can He Can, can, we, can we just post up Draymond Green and Aaron Gorgon on the elbows right. for 40 minutes and have Clay and Steph run circles around them? And- I think it would be
2: a bad fit for Gordon, personally. I, I think the Warriors could, like, maybe talk themselves into it. But, like, he's openly been, like, I want to be the man. And in Golden yeah. State, he would be, like, the fourth guy, you know? Right. I mean, he, if he were to buy into that, it would be amazing. But... Um, I think that's just somewhere like I was kind of looking at teams who could really use and desperately need an upgrade at point guard, and Orlando is certainly on
1: that list. Orlando and Detroit are the two teams that like I spent some time trying to mess around with to get like a point guard there. Yeah. Um. You know, for Minnesota, I think they can. They might be able to do some interesting things if they can like dump the Jeff Teague, uh, Gorgie Jang contracts. I know like Atlanta has a ton of room for that, so if they can. If there's some three-team trades, yep. they, can, they can get a little creative.
2: I, I did put together, a, I shouldn't even say put together, I slopped together a three-teamer <laughs> with Chicago, Orlando, and Golden State, okay. where the Bulls would get Aaron Gordon, Mo Bamba, and a pick. Orlando would get D'Angelo Russell and the Cristiano Felicio contract. <laughs> so they're giving up Gordon and Bamba and t- you know getting Russell, arguably the best player in the deal, yeah. uh, but you have to take on Felicio. The Warriors get Laurie in thomas sadaransky and they have to
1: take the augustine expiring so the bulls are swapping marketing for gordon and to get rid of the felicio expiring they're and also get they're a pick getting in rid Mamba.
2: of felicio is not expiring until next year so you're getting right, off the yes. felicio deal you're getting rid of Markinin and sadaransky who i mean i like sadaransky i do wonder i mean he signed a three year deal I, I do wonder if they yeah, really like yeah. the way that they've played this year like maybe they're just wanting to get off of that um it's not an ideal trade i'm not i'm not claiming that by any means but you're getting you're basically swapping out marketing for aaron gordon kind of a my problem for your problem situation um especially as marketing kind of creeps closer to needing a contract you get to take on the mobamba project and you get a first round
1: pick i am i think trading Sagaransky makes sense and uh, i cannot personally i could not trade Lori marketing he okay. would be as i know he's not playing very well He's actually doing decent he's been better month. he's been better like the last two weeks yeah for me personally marketing is like an untouchable asset okay. so i, okay. I just Fair couldn't enough. do it all right what is your final trade final trade i tried to piece together a three-teamer um i've played way too much nba 2k in my life and uh so i have i tried to get chris paul and kevin love to minnesota i love the love return to One minnesota billion dollars in cap it works out though uh so CP3 and Love to Minnesota. The Cavs would have to basically get Andrew. They would have to want Andrew Wiggins in a first round pick. Love it. I think they'd love that. And that's the pick. The Thunder would have to want Jarrett Culver, Josh Okoji, Larry Nance, and a first round pick. I think that's So the Cavs fair? give up the Cavs give up Nance and Love, get Wiggins in a first minnesota gives up cul- culver a koji and a first they get cp3 and love and then the thunder um give up cp3 and get culver koji and yeah. a first
2: I, I mean i can't poke any major holes in this I, I think a lot of it just hinges on how teams perceive kevin love if he's right. if you're do- are you doing the caps a favor or are you going out of your way to acquire him you know because then a, then you a, maybe need to
1: include a, picks It's a little like 50 50 both yeah. I don't think he's helped his value this year at all. I think I think he the locker I, I think the locker room situation there is he's also just not playing well. I think help. I think he had more value on September first than he does now. Sure, I tried this trick originally with Gallinari. Mm-hmm. Um, he's tough to move. I, I tried some with him too. He makes a lot of money. I felt I felt like it was almost this exact trade just without the Cavs, But I was worried the Thunder <clears throat> would not want to take on Wiggins' contract because yeah. of the amount of flexibility that they would have like right. just the situation that they're in and that they could deal Gallinari for more than and CP3 for more than like the Culver Koji thing. So I felt like I had to include the Cavs. Yeah. To make this work. The I think the main concern here is just the Cavs, would they be willing to take on Andrew Wiggins? Is that a, is that something your you know, your front office is okay with? I mean, you're you're one of the deepest rebuild teams in the league. Are you cool moving forward with Sexton, Garland, Wiggins as like a I know it's disgusting. Is, um God but is it is it worth it to give off kevin love's contract they also have the tristan thompson contract that they could potentially move um the love and the wiggins contracts are strikingly similar wiggins makes
2: a little more money but it's the same length of deal and i I think based on what wiggins has showed so far this year you'd rather just see that through right i mean he's 24 love is 31
1: yeah i mean for the and for the timberwolves i think you know you 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 get a real point guard they're not starting a point guard right now uh and then i think you know with i mean love you're right he's not playing that well but who who's getting him the ball well like in positions for him to succeed like garland i think is leading the team with 2.8 assists i think if you put him in a situation with cat and with cp3 in a five out offense that still has covington in it yep um and you still have teague in this scenario you still have teague and covington that um that would actually i -hmm. think that could turn into like a really good team
2: yeah, Minnesota acquiring Kevin Love on that deal would, to me, would be a big question mark. But that's other than that, I think the logic is pretty sound. I mean, you have to, you have to take into account that when you're trading CP and and Love contracts, like it's not really going to make sense. Like it's kind of going to take a team taking a leap to really, yeah, you know, bring on that money. But no, I think that I mean it would just be it would just be kind of crazy to me for a team to take on both you know, the like two of like the five worst contracts in the league. But I mean, if you're Minnesota is that kind of desperate organization that you could kind of see making a move like that, I threw together just a few more quick ones. Gallinari to the Bucks would would be fantastic. I think he'd be a kind of this year's version of Miritich, but there's just nobody they can trade to make the money work, oh. you know, unless you're stacking like a bunch of important bench players, right? Uh, you're not trading Middleton or Bledsoe or um, Brooke or anything like that, but Gallinari, to portland for kent Bazemore in a protected first i think maybe he has some has some potential
1: i i feel like kent basemore has no value that's where the first comes in you just need it for the money i mm, i think they can get more for gallo i think i would i would need two unprotected firsts if i was yeah for serious gallinari yes no yes no come on
2: no yeah two he,
1: unprotected first well because Bazemore is a zero and a protected first is like what for portland gonna be like the it's gonna turn into two seconds. I can't give no, Danilo something g- like that. No, I mean, I think you're getting a for sure first round pick. You can't get two are, unprotected are t- are picks you, well, for Gallinari. Are you talking? Are you talking about like a top ten protected pick? Like what's? The- yeah, yeah.
2: Not like turns into seconds. Like cover our basically cover our asses and make sure we're not giving up like the number
1: three pick for a half season of Gallinari. That probably makes more sense. He's I think. Yeah. You can't give up two firsts for that. I, yeah, I forgot he's expiring. Yeah. but I think. I, I don't know I think I think the market for Gallinari is going to be like actually really significant I think so too and
2: part of it is just the scarcity
1: of lack of options like when, would you
2: rather have you'd rather have Gallinari for half a season and then just you know either re-sign him or let him walk than taking on Kevin Love right I feel like I'm just like bashing Kevin Love here but I don't think they're playing all that differently I don't think Kevin Love is that much better than Gallinari it,
1: it depends on the team like I think if you're the Wolves you might be in a situation where you just want a high floor for this team for like once in in carltown's career sure and you'd be willing to take on love's contract just to have like an actual like person you can point to and like be this this could be the third best player on our team for like three years Um, yeah and obviously kevin love carries some cachet in minnesota yeah although i don't know
2: if it's good cachet right now but i I think he would be welcome back under the right circumstances uh what about robert covington to milwaukee for ursan Ilyasova, dante divincenzo and either the indiana pick or a future protected first because covington does have some years left so it wouldn't just be a straight up uh rental yeah um i would give up the portland or the Indy pick for this personally
1: i would yeah i would i would give up like an unprotected first for this i don't i i'm just not sure divincenzo and a first is enough essentially yeah, I, I think you'd be selling yeah. a little low if you're Minnesota, but I, th- I don't think it'd be egregious. Yeah. And they, I mean, the thing with Covington is because he has years, they can always like try to really squeeze teams for, for a bunch of assets. And if they don't get it, they'll just go roll over just till next, next year. year. Yeah. 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 I think he would just be a really good fit. Not that Milwaukee has a clearing need there,
2: but I think the fewer Wes Matthews minutes you can have and probably the fewer Ursan minutes, as much as it pains me to say that as the season goes on, is, is probably for the best. Uh, my dream trade would be Covington to the Lakers for Kuzma and KCP. I actually ended up toying around with a similar. I was trying to I was trying to move it. Kuz somewhere. Right, um, he's just been so bad, and I think he's maybe played his way out of having the type of value to make a trade like this. But I don't know.
1: Some team could talk themselves into it. I uh, yeah, I don't mind that because you still kind of get the three and D guy with KCP, and then you you kind of downgrade your three and D guy to get a potentially. 16 to 18 point per game score to kind of counter the lack of options they sometimes have in Minnesota.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not a trade that makes a ton of sense. And KCP, you're just including for the money. I don't think they would really view him as much of an asset. But um, I mean, that's kind of these are like, that would be like the ideal trade for the lakers like that's, oh, that's, that's, right. the that's what the like, lakers you're not getting need. anything you're, i mean i think they're going to look to add somebody you know i mean they will probably be a buyout type of team more than anything but i think that is the ceiling yeah like, you're, to... you're not adding brad beal you're not adding drew holiday like you're that you're pretty limited in what you can offer um boston is a team that needs to upgrade at center i, I think you could Nerlens noel to boston for a protected first and some filler do you think you he's know? like that much better than robert williams i think i think I think the number, like the advanced numbers, say yes. Um, I mean, that's a question. Maybe, maybe, maybe Boston doesn't view it that way. But you know, Williams has been hurt. Cantor hasn't been great. Tice has been in and out. Um, I think you know that's just kind of. OKC. I could see it happening. Yeah, for like sure. OKC yeah. needing to unload. You know, just take take a pick. Um, I think sticking with the Pelicans too as a team that needs to sell Derek Favors to Boston for Daniel Tice, Enos Cantor, Romeo Langford. You need you need to stack some contracts to make the money work there. But I think Favors would be an, an interesting fit in Boston.
1: I have to give up Carson Edwards.
2: Oh, sure, do it. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I, I have Tyce Cantor and then Langford or it could be Edwards. Could be a protected pick, whatever you want.
1: I feel like they could maybe get more. I think that pick would have to be a
2: first. Although favors, I you don't just don't know it. He's another guy too. It's like he's been hurt. Like he's always hurt. Is that viewed as a good contract?
1: He can't shoot. Yeah, he's he 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 is a very hard difficult player to pin down as to what yeah. his real value is because. For so long, he has been tied to, like, Gobert as being a bad fit. We, we were supposed to see him this year, like, away from that, and he's played nine games. Yeah. So I have and no he idea. he was good.
2: Like, numbers-wise, he's
1: been good when he's been out there. He had, um, like, four good games.
2: Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, he's one of those guys that might, you know, like, if you really talk to, like, NBA GMs, like, maybe he's just more of a name at this point. I guess he's you know, expiring. He's you got, still a, top, you know, he's a yeah. top three pick back in the day. I didn't
1: realize he was on a one-year deal. Yeah. You got to get rid of them.
2: Yeah, I right. I, I mean, I, th- I think Boston would be lining up or it would be among the teams at least that you, I mean, how many teams really need like a true traditional center like that? And I think Boston could make it work. I don't, I don't think many teams, there there wouldn't be like a massive market for Derek Favors.
1: No. I mean, the market, yeah. You, I mean, a team might want him to hope to play him like 15 minutes and be like, this is the, we now have right. the best backup center in the league. Yeah. Um, I'm just not maybe sure like who Toronto that team maybe, is. But they, I mean,
2: at that point, it's like, are you flipping like Serge Ibaka's expiring for <laughs> Derek Favors expiring? Like, there's no like maybe you attach a pick and you can do something like that. Um, I mean, he would he would fit just about anywhere. Like you said, I mean, every every any team in the league would love him to be their second center. But I think
1: part of it is a question of like, is is he down for that? Yeah, I mean. As an expiring, yeah, it doesn't really have much of a choice, but then re- you know, figure out his value after that next year. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, someone should trade. I mean, the Pelicans should trade him.
2: Yeah, for I sure. think most of their roster will be available. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like we said at the top, most of the bad teams just don't, you know, like most of the Hawks roster is probably available too, but nobody's rushing out to go trade for Alex Len or Vince Carter. You know, like New Orleans is in that weird spot of being bad, but also having valuable players.
1: Yeah yeah favors yeah he's gonna be hard to move to like a team for a lot because like you said most teams have like a competent backup center playing Mm -hmm. 15 minutes a game already i mean it's just not a ton of places to move him right all right well this is fun um
2: looking forward to seeing you know what we get now I, i think sunday i guess is the day that that these guys can start being traded december 15th um so hopefully that starts heating up you know as we get closer to christmas but not much of a slate tonight philly boston should be fun uh, as the early game but we got cleveland san antonio uh dallas and detroit and then portland and denver is a late game which portland's played a little bit better i guess that'll be more interesting than it looked they have a few I mean, weeks ago
1: playoff rematch so True. there there yeah. should be some at least um <laughs> something to play for there.
2: yeah that was nice of you to, to kind of feel for the nba there all right we'll wrap it up here uh you'll be back tomorrow morning with with ken and shannon